0: You're listening to an audio sermon from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. It's good to be back in South Africa. Uh, I was here for one day uh, last time, but that was such a great day. And so many people came out. I think we're going to try to train 40 people. We ended up with 150, 200 people uh, that came out that first time. But um, I think that, you know, what your pastor was saying was, so important to understand that, you know, there are many times you don't really understand how God does things and and how he puts things together, and, and, and it's those God moments, it's those divine connections uh, that take place, and uh, I truly believe this was a divine connection uh, that took place. And I kind of want to reiterate a little bit of what he was saying right there, because uh, you know, Lakewood's a busy place. <laughs> and so, uh, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I don't know if we have my family. I don't know if we can put up my family's picture, uh, and everything, but, uh, I'll introduce this tomorrow again. But this is my family right here. This is, uh, uh that's my son, Corey. And, uh, Corey is, um, He's 28 years old now. I can't believe my son's 28. Anyway, uh, Corey's a children's pastor, and he works at Lakewood Church uh, and everything. That's my daughter, Courtney. And Courtney, uh, she is 26 years old, and she's an actress in Los Angeles. As a matter of fact, pray for her right now, because she's up for a part on— Netflix, Marvel, Marvel's Runaways. So she's up for a part right now for that. So that, my, my son would be very happy if she got a Marvel character, right? That'd be a big deal for my son because, you know, he's one of those Marvel nerds, right? You know, and uh, so he'd be very excited. And then that's, of course, is Connor. Uh, Connor is now 16 years old. He's taller than me, and uh, all my boys are taller than me. But uh, Connor doesn't even know it. But uh, he doesn't even realize he's changed in the world. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't understand it. But that's cool because, you know, all the glory goes back to God. We don't steal in glory, right? And, and Connor doesn't do that. And then that's my wife, Samantha. And this January, we'll be married 30 years. Yeah, so crazy. That is by far the longest I've ever went out with a girl. So that's a big deal, right? And that's how you got to keep it, right? You know, you... You can't just be married, you gotta still be dating. You gotta still have that freshness, and and I'm so thankful for her. But I wouldn't be here a day if it wasn't for her. I wouldn't be here a day if it wasn't for my kids. Um, the fact of the matter is, and most of you special needs parents understand this, is that when you have a special needs child, you know it's 24 seven. And you have to walk through it every day. And we understand that. Matter of fact, raise your hands again if you're special needs uh, parents here today. We already have a connection, don't we? (laughs) I mean, I already feel a connection with you. And I want to just tell you just a couple things real quick. I want you to know that you are great parents. I don't care how you feel at times and I know you're going to feel like you're not doing enough you're not enough you're trying everything you can but it doesn't seem like it's enough but I want you to know you're a great mom you're a great dad and what you are doing to love your son and daughter I'm going to tell you something it's heroic it's not just being a parent, it's heroic because what you have to carry every day and I'm one of those parents, I understand it You've gotta carry it, and you've gotta carry it in a sense where many times it's overwhelming, isn't it? It can be a burden, it can be heavy. I always say it like this, sometimes it feels like a refrigerator is on your back, (laughs) and it depends on how big the refrigerator is that day, right? And you're walking through these things, but I found this to be true that's so powerful. It's, It's not that you're walking through a journey And and it's not that it's difficult, it's how we respond to it, right? It's how we look at that day. It's what perspective we look at it. And you know, when I look at parents, whether you have special needs kids or whether you have typical kids, I know that I'm staying here today because of a great God that allows me to go out and share uh, and really carry the mission of many of you parents because many times I'll go into a place like this and uh, what's amazing is, is that most churches have never heard the message that I'm speaking. Uh, They've never heard a person speak from the pulpit and talk about special needs or speak about a message like this. And I have many parents who will come to me and say, you're the first one that's ever spoken for us. You, you you understand what we're going through. And I don't take that as, wow, look at me. I take it as, look at God. Because God is going to begin to use parents and use people to begin to change the perspective of how the world looks at special needs. And, and that these kids these teens, these adults, uh, they are not throwaways and they are not to be put on the shelf and they are not to be forgotten, but they are God's masterpiece. They are beautiful and they can do great things just like everyone else. How many knows that God doesn't create anything but beauty, doesn't he? Amen. And we've got to realize that. We've got to understand that. And you know, many times it's, it's difficult, you know, to to really take that in because when you hear the world speak negatively about your child and when you hear the world look at your child in a certain way and everything, it's really difficult to change that stigma and change how people view that. But I found this to be true. If we can get enough people, (laughs) like here at Household of Christ Church, right? And we can start getting enough churches, see, where, where, where one can speak, you know, you can only go so far. But when you get a village together, you know, you can shake nations, amen? And it's not with our voice, right? It's with God's voice. And see, I believe God is raising up churches like this, raising up families like this. You say, Pastor Craig, you know, I don't know, you know, I'm just trying to work through this, I, I, you know, to actually... Uh, uh, talk about what I'm going through or to actually help someone else, that seems a little bit overwhelming. But I found this to be true. The greatest thing that you can do when you're walking through a storm is be good to someone else. I'm going to say that again. The greatest thing that you can do when you're walking through a storm is be, to be good to someone else. What it's like, it's like an eagle. When the eagle is in the middle of a storm and the wind and rain are hitting the eagle, the eagle doesn't stay in the storm and let the wind and rain hit it. What the eagle does is it spreads its wings as wide as it can. And all of a sudden, the wind begins to lift the eagle up out of the storm where it's beautiful and peaceful. And so what you've got to do when you're walking through a storm, whether you're a parent or, 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 or you know, wherever you're at in life, you've got to spread your wings like that eagle. And you've got to begin to believe even when you don't have the confidence And when you begin to spread your wings and when you begin to help other people, you're like that eagle. And all of a sudden, God begins to lift you up where it's peaceful and beautiful. And you get a different perspective on your storm. You don't look at the same way. And see, that's what kind of happened with me and my family. We're going to share the story a little bit more tomorrow. But when we got our diagnosis with Connor, man, it was one of the most overwhelming things I've ever experienced in my life. What do you do? How do you respond? And to see your child in a matter of two or three weeks change from giving you a hug and a kiss and playing with other friends and saying, I love you, mommy and daddy, to now sitting by himself and not playing with anybody and staring off the wall or showing no emotion whatsoever and looking away or stop speaking altogether and when that shift begins to take place in your life you have a choice in, in in that 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 time in that period on how you respond to it how do you look at it do you begin to get overwhelmed and be victimized by it or do you begin to look at it and say god you know I don't know how we're going to get through this, but it's not on me, it's on you. You're the one that's going to help me through it. And God, what I'm going to do, what I'm going to set out to do is I'm going to speak over my child, what you say about him, not what I'm thinking at that time about my situation. I'm going to speak over him, what you believe in him, not what I look at my circumstance to be at this time. And see, that's very difficult for a special needs parent to do because all they see at that time is the difficulty, the challenges. It's overwhelming. You know, how are you going to develop your child? How are you going to deal with outside forces where you, we all know this, you know, when you go into different countries and, and Pastor and I were talking about this, you know, they look at your child who you love and they think of them as a curse. They think of them as, as a reject, as something that's invaluable. But you have to look at it how God looks at it. If you look at John chapter 9, verses 1 through 3, one of the most powerful verses when you're talking about anything that doesn't look perfect or right to other people. You see, you got to understand with human nature. Human nature looks at things, and we've all done this. It It doesn't matter who you are. You've done this at one time or another. You see something that is different, that's not like you, that it's flawed a little bit, and what do you do? You look at it differently, don't you? And depending on how flawed it is, how different it is, how you look at it and everything, it begins to really affect you in how you communicate and how you respond. It's just human nature. But I wanna give you a perspective and just start you out today. I wanna talk about how God looks at your children. And I want you to not just listen to this today. Here's what I want you to do as parents. It doesn't matter if you're special needs parents or your typical parents. This is for everybody here today. You've gotta begin to change what you're speaking over your kids. And you may be great right now, I don't know where you're at, so wherever you're at, Let's begin to delve into that a little bit, okay? John chapter nine, verses one through three. Here they are, they're walking with Jesus, the disciples are, and you know, even the disciples who are followers of Jesus, how many knows they were flawed as well, right? So don't feel bad if you've, you know, been negative about something at some time in your life. So they're walking with Jesus, and then they see this blind man. They say, Jesus, was this man born blind because of his sin? or his parents' sin. Now, what is that right there? That's flesh. Flesh is looking at that and saying, you're different, so something must be the matter with you, right? Okay, Jesus quickly responds, and he says, it's not because of their sin. It's not because of their parents' sin that he was born blind. It was so that my power might be revealed through them. Now here's the interesting thing with God's power. And Pastor and I were talking about this today. You know, God reveals his power in different ways. For instance, you know, many times we look at, we'll, we'll see even churches and everything, they'll look at uh, uh, special needs child and they'll say, well, you know, why aren't they healed? You know, why, why, why don't they believe? Why don't they have faith? Why, 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 why are they in this situation? It's kind of this viewpoint of what the disciples looked at this child. But here's the thing, God can heal your child. God can use your child right where he's at to reveal his power. And it's up to God how he wants to do that. You see, I believe that God can heal my son who's on the middle of the spectrum with autism. I believe that he can do that. I know he can. He's God. His word says he can. I know that by his stripes, we can be healed. But here's the deal. This is one of the number one questions I I get asked. If you believe that God can heal your son, how do you view your son? How do you respond to your son? How do you look at them? What do you do when he doesn't heal your son? Here's how I approach it. I thank God for, number one, I believe that he can heal my son at any time. And I pray for that healing for him every day. But I accept him for who he is today. I believe God for who he can be tomorrow, and I let go of what people have said of who he isn't. (laughs) All right? So here's the deal. Moms and dads, do I believe God can heal your son? Absolutely. And remember this, there's different types of healing, isn't there? There's not, you know, some people look at look at healing as as man, they're, you know, everything is transformed and they're just like a typical child. Yet I've seen God heal my son in different ways without that full healing. In his life. And it's still the same power, right? Like when he spoke for the first time. I'll never forget it. You know, for three years, we didn't hear our son speak. And for three years, I'll never forget, we begin to look at that. And, and, you know, it was what we spoke over him, I think, that brought us to that point. And many times when you when you see your child in the, and with a special needs child, you know, lots of times it's one step forward and two steps back. <laughs> lots of times it, it, it's, you're trying everything you can. You see no progress whatsoever. But I, I look at this way, what may seem ordinary to people might be extraordinary to a special needs parent. For instance, if you can talk and have a conversation with your child, that would be very ordinary to you, wouldn't it? For me, that'd be a miracle to have a conversation like that, right? For your child to have speech, to you that would be pretty ordinary. To me that would be a miracle because for three years I saw that my son didn't have any speech. And I remember during that time, where it got really bad, and we were struggling, and it got overwhelming and everything, and, and and our son just seemed to get worse and worse, and he was having more meltdowns, because he knew he could speak at one time, but now he couldn't get the words out, and I'll never forget this. I was driving in my car, and and, and this was a Just a pinpoint time in my life for God to change how I viewed my child, change what I spoke over my child, change how I thought about my child. Now, you've got to understand, I come from a church about as hope-filled as you can possibly get. When you're talking about positive believing that God can do anything, that's where, where we come from. But when you're in it, it's a little bit different, isn't it? And even pastors can get so vulnerable. And I remember being our most vulnerable point. We, we hadn't heard our child speak for three years. These meltdowns were growing and growing. And, and, and my wife just had this, this horrible experience at the grocery store and everything where Connor had this terrible meltdown. And I remember driving to work that day and, and everything. And, and, and it was like it was like Jesus was sitting right next to me in my seat. I'll never forget, I was at my lowest point probably as a parent. And, and I remember driving, it was like Jesus was right there. And I, I just said, I just asked God why. Have you ever asked God why when you're going through something? Not why we had our son, but God, why is he struggling so much? I'll never forget what God spoke to me. He said, This, Craig, your child is not a burden, your child's a gift. Now, that sounds good, right? <laughs> and I believe that, right? But when you're in it, man, when you're at your lowest point and everything, you do believe he's a gift because that's your child. But, but it's the burden part you're struggling with. See, I believe my child's a gift at that time. I'm struggling with believing he's not a burden because he's a burden. Not just to me. It's a burden for him and what he's carrying. I said, God, I know, you know, we love our son. We, We love Connor. And then God speaks, says it again. No, you're not hearing me. Your child is not a burden. Your child is a gift. And then he said a key thing to me. He said, Craig, you're looking at everything that's wrong with him. You're not looking at everything that's right with him. And that's a powerful thing right there. That's when things begin to shift for you. When you stop looking at everything that's wrong and when you begin to look at what's right in your life. This is for anybody here. How many of us, when something goes wrong in our life, everything shifts in our focus and we begin to get literally immersed in what's wrong, what we're struggling with, what we're going through. And that's where the enemy wants to keep you right there. He wants you to stop speaking health. He wants you to stop speaking faith. He wants you to stop speaking uh, miracle. He wants you to stop speaking those things and he wants you to stay in this moment of what you're going through. But God is saying, I want you to stop looking at what's wrong with your life and I want you to start looking at what's right with your life. You see, because when you're in the desert, one of the greatest things that you can do when you're going through a desert or difficult time is, is give thanks in that difficult time. See, people want to know what their purpose is in life, right? The number one purpose that we have in life, what is, what's God's purpose for you? Simple, give thanks in everything. If you can give thanks in everything, you can overcome anything. No doubt. The Word of God says it. You know, what's my purpose? I, I have so many people out. Give thanks in everything, wherever you're at, wherever you're going, give thanks in everything. And then God spoke to me something that was so powerful that day. He, he said, Craig, you're looking at everything that's wrong with him. You're not looking at everything that's right. And, and then I said, I said, God, what do you mean? And he said, Craig, I'm going to use your son to reach millions of people. Now, I got to be honest with you again. At that time, I didn't see it. And I remember picking up a ball of water and lifting up that water. And I said, God, my son can't even ask for a drink of water. How's he going to reach millions of people? But here's what I want to get you to, parents, here today. And here's what I want to get you through, no matter what you're dealing with here today. Then he spoke four words to me. These are the four words, and I'm going to talk about this tomorrow. These are the four words that God will speak to you whenever you're going through a difficult time. Whenever you're going through a desert, and as a special needs family, we're constantly going through different droughts. We're constantly going through different deserts. He just said this. He said, do you trust me? And you know, I didn't give him the pastoral answer. I didn't didn't pray this elaborate prayer. Here's what I said. I said, you're all we've got. But I trust you. I'll never forget what happened three months later. And I don't want to go all into it because I want to share it again tomorrow. But three months later, what happened was where my son hadn't spoken... For three years, he spoke for the very first time three months later. And he didn't just speak. He spoke a spiritual declaration. It was a miracle. And I I remember that time where God was beginning to shape me because that was just the beginning of our journey. But he was beginning to teach me some key things of how to respond to this journey, what to speak over our children, how to view the situation. You're not always going to feel it, but sometimes you've got to do things afraid. (laughs) Sometimes you've got to step out in faith afraid. Sometimes you've got to step out in faith even when you don't feel it. That's where faith lies, man. That's where power is. It's not in what you feel. It's what you know. It's what you know who God is in your life. It's who you know. If you're speaking it and you're saying, this is God, this is what he can do. If you believe the word of God, it's not going to be a feeling all the time. As a matter of fact, most of the times, you're not going to feel it. But you know it. You know that God spoke that over you. So I want to give you a few key things of what begin to shift what began to shape for, for me? And I want to encourage you, you with these things right here. Number one, never speak negatively about yourself or your child. Never speak it. Even if you think it, don't speak it. The Bible, it says it from out of the heart, right? The mouth speaks. So if you're speaking at me times, you could say, well, I didn't really mean that, but if you're speaking it. Sometimes you do mean it, right? And so out, out of the mouth, what comes out of the mouth, that, that, that's the heart speaking right there. So you've got to quit speaking negatively about yourself. You can't, Watch what you speak over your child. I want to show you something. These are new Champions Club shirts. And uh, thank you. And we, we this is some of our new, new merchandise and stuff like that that we have for, for our kids. And As you can see right here, it says champion. You say, why is it called Champions Club? Because we want them to understand who they are in Christ. And and the world tells them one thing, but God says you're a champion. And then he tells them who they are. And he tells them they're talented, even though most people wouldn't look at them as talented. And he tells them they're incredible, even though most people would look at them as incredible. And he tells them that they are well able, even though most people would look at them as not well able. And this is something that is hard for the flesh to understand. This is a paradigm shift. This is something that that is very difficult. And if you're a special needs parent, you know what I'm talking about. Because if you have enough negative voices coming against you and, and telling you what your child is, pretty soon you start believing that. But God says, no, I want you to understand that my power is being revealed through them. And if you'll take steps of faith, if you'll believe, if you won't speak negatively over your child... See, the communication of your faith is made effectual by acknowledging every good thing in you through Christ Jesus. So it's not focusing on the wrong, it's focusing on the one thing that's right. You may have 20 things wrong going on with your child there, but if you can focus on the one thing that's going right, it'll change how you view that situation. I've had it happen to me. I'll never forget, if you guys know our pastor, Pastor Joel, he, I call him a hope broker. <laughs> he's a hope broker, man. I mean, he, he's brokering hope everywhere he can, right? And, and, and I remember, I'll never forget, driving my car and, and, and we just got the diagnosis for Connor. And it was Texas Children's Hospital and they were saying, you know, that he was on the middle of the spectrum and he was going to need a lot of help. And I remember get, my wife calling me and giving me that diagnosis. And... All of a sudden, here's what the enemy does. And special needs parents, you know what I'm talking about right here. Any parent knows what I'm talking about if you're going through a difficult time. The minute you get any type of diagnosis, the enemy comes in like a flood, doesn't he? And here comes the enemy. And I'll never forget. I remember it. Your child won't be like your other kids. He won't be worth anything in life. You'll have to take care of him all your life, and he'll have no purpose. He'll have no value. I mean, the enemy was just coming in like a flood right there. And it took me back to when we came to Lakewood, why God brought us there. You see, I thought I was coming to Lakewood as a pastor and minister people. I had no idea I was coming to Lakewood to be minister to. It was those messages of hope that I would hear over and over from Pastor Joel and I would hear these messages of hope that when the enemy came in like the flood, like a flood, instead of drinking that Kool-Aid right, of the enemy and everything I put that down and I began to think of those messages of hope and I began to think of those messages that, that I heard over and over again that went over in my mind and instead of drinking that in and starting to get depressed, I hit the gas on my car and I remember driving home and driving up the driveway to my home and I remember running up stairs and picking up my two-year-old son. And I'll never forgive this. I looked at him. I said, you are not a victim. You are a victor. You could do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You are more than a conqueror. I believe in you. And more than that, God believes in you. And it was that shift of knowing that I didn't know what was ahead, I didn't know what what I was gonna face, but if I could look at the one thing that was right in my life, that God gave me a beautiful son, and that God was going to use him no matter where he was, no matter what struggle he had, no matter what challenge he had. I know all the problems, I see them all the time, they come at me like a flood. But if I can think of the one thing, and if I can give thanks in the middle of those times, and say, God, I know there's lots of challenges, but you are my victor. You could do anything through my son. You can bring, you can bring, Father, water out of the desert, God. You could do anything. And that's what God has done over and over and over again. So here's my challenge to you. Don't look at everything that's wrong. Begin to look at the one thing that's right about your child. Can you say amen? Amen. Here's the other thing that's very important for you parents. And it's very important for anybody here. Pastor, we were talking about this, weren't we? Avoid comparing yourself to others. Avoid comparing yourself to others. It's funny when we saw Connor and all of his challenges. At first, when we were looking at all of his challenges, what he was going through and everything, it seemed like when we compared him to our other kids, it seemed a little hopeless. It seemed like what the enemy was talking about could be true. But when we begin to speak over him who he was and who he was going to be, then things begin to shift because you've got to understand with God, and this is is true, God's not moved by our circumstances. He has compassion for them, but he's not moved by our circumstances. He's moved by our faith. And when you begin to believe, even when it looks impossible, And when you stop comparing your child to another child and begin to individually see them for how God wants to use them, who they are in Christ, and what God's going to do in their life, it's freeing. (laughs) You begin to let go and you begin to go, no, man, you know what, Connor, you are a champion. And you are going to do great things. And people are going to love you. And they're going to accept you. I don't know how we're going to get there, but it's going to happen. And we begin to speak that over Connor's life. And we begin to realize that. We begin to believe in Connor. And God began to do things through Connor. Things we didn't realize. You see, when he spoke his first words in that spiritual declaration and everything, we'd never heard a special needs child ever do that. It was a miracle of God, and it touched people because it was a spiritual thing that touched people. Then pretty soon, I'll never forget one time where Connor had cut his foot, and we had been speaking these scriptures over him, and we'd speak these scriptures over him over and over again. They were healing scriptures and, and scriptures of faith and stuff like that, and little did we know, you know, not only was God listening, Connor was listening. And pretty soon, Connor began to memorize all these scriptures. And he began to memorize not just one, not just two. Now Connor can quote 60 scriptures. It's unbelievable. One day, he cut his foot, and and, uh, we were going, Connor, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay, and everything. And all of a sudden, Connor goes, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray over him. And that's extraordinary because it's one thing for him to memorize and quote something as an autistic child. It's another thing for him to relate that to it. And you see, I realize that when I begin to accept Connor for who he is, not compare him to my other kids or other kids around me, and begin to focus on who God created him to be, who God was going to make him to be, Pretty soon, I begin to see God use him. I begin to see God make him. And let me tell you this. People will ask me many times, if you could have your son healed, would you love that? Would you want that to happen? And I tell them, absolutely, that would be great. But to be honest with you, I love him for who he is right now. As a matter of fact, who Connor is right now If he never was healed that way, he would be perfect and beautiful to me. And I accept him for who he is. He's an incredible young man that God's using around the world. Here's the deal. If I would have had a typical child, just like my other two, God may have never used that child like he's using Connor right now. you got to remember that. That if you don't compare and you realize who they are and you begin to speak that over their life of what the possibilities that they can do of what what can happen and you don't compare, you'll be amazed at what can come out of it. Here's the next thing I would encourage encourage you in this. Let God determine your child's worth. Don't let society determine it. Let God determine your child's worth. Remember, remember, that God's already accepted your child. <laughs> he's, he's already blessed him. Anything that comes out of God's hands is beautiful. Even if we look at it and we go, well, that's not perfect or that's flawed or different things like that. To God, it's beautiful. You see, I kind of look at it like this. You know, uh, when people see somebody broken, no matter who it is, many people look at brokenness as something that needs to be fixed, Right? God looks at something, it's broken as someone ready to be used. You see, brokenness has a perfume that pride can never produce. I'm going to say that again. Brokenness has a perfume that pride can never produce. If you see great things happen, if you see somebody use of God... It's usually because of brokenness. Either they, God broke them, or he broke them over something. You see, God broke us. And when he broke us, it positioned us to begin to be used by God to help start champions clubs all over the world. But then God broke your pastors. He didn't break them, he broke them over something. And when he broke them over something, it caused them to start the first Champions Club in South Africa. Brokenness has an aroma pride can ever produce. It's something beautiful. And as a matter of fact, you know, pride is one of the most difficult things, if not the most difficult thing that any person deals with. I think pride and fear, pride and fear are the enemy's weapons. And he uses them constantly. Pride will kill you more than any enemy ever could. And it keeps you away. It blocks God's glory. And many times I I, I, I see this. It blocks God's God's glory. And and, and it. Pride begins to determine things worth and it begins to determine what things are going to be and it blocks God's glory. But when you'll release that pride and when you let that brokenness come through and when you'll realize that God is going to use your son or daughter or he is going to use you and everything, then God's glory is able to shine down on that. And nothing blocks it. It's clear. It comes through. You say, what do you mean by that? I was in the middle of a service and middle of a Lakewood service and, and I'll never forget, God just stops me. He says, Craig, I want you to go back into the Champions Club right now. And I'd never left in the middle of a service to go back to the Champions Club. And so I got up and, and got up out of my seat in the main service and, and I walked back to the Champions Club and I walk in the sensory Uh, room that we have. And immediately as I walk in there, I feel something I've never felt before. I feel the overwhelming presence of God. I mean, almost like, almost like uh, fall to your knees, presence of God. I've never felt anything like it. And as I walked in, I saw something in there and I see this one volunteer and she's with this one little boy with cerebral palsy and she's speaking over this boy as he's working on different things and she's going, look, Christopher, it's Pastor Craig. Can you say hi to Pastor Craig? And Christopher lifts up his arm and goes, hi, Pastor Craig. And everything, and she goes, Oh, Christopher, look at you. You're so amazing. I'm so proud of you. You could do anything, Christopher. I believe in you. And then I just saw that love and it was overwhelming. And then I go over to another person and, and, and kind of like how you, how you have on the walls the, the buttons with the, with, with the uh, uh, graphics like the giant iPad and, and there's a little autistic girl there and, 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 and the teacher's working with that child and everything and, and she's pushing the buttons. Okay, now, now make it go left. And she pushed the button to left. Oh, you are so smart. Look at you. Man, you know your directions, you know. She began to just speak over this child over and over again. The love that was permeating, the affirmation that was coming out of this volunteer, it was unbelievable. And then I see another, another child, and this child has Down syndrome and everything. He's over there by the bubble tube, and he, he's following the bubble tube, tube, and then it changes colors. And he goes, purple. <laughs> and it changes, another, green. <laughs> and it changes, another, Wow. I'm so proud. Look, you know your colors. That's amazing, Jenny. I'm so proud of you, girl. And just speaking that over him. Then I walk over to another volunteer, and this volunteer is sitting with a young man named KJ. He's a teen and 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 kJ has has cancer and since last stages, and he's so weak he can't even open his eyes and look up and his parents just brought him that day because one they knew he'd be loved in the champions club but another reason why is they need to get out of the hospital and just be able to come to a service and get hope and everything and there's KJ and his little his little bald head and everything and 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 this this volunteer is, is give him a, giving them a hug. And, and we don't tell our volunteers to kiss the kids and, and stuff like that because, you know, safety and, and different things. But, but we understood within this situation, she, she kissed KJ on the head and she said, oh, KJ, I'm so proud of you. She says, you're so brave to be here today. You're so heroic fighting cancer like this. She says, you inspire me, KJ. If you can do it, KJ, I know I can do it. I heard one volunteer after another with these kids, cheering them on, speaking words of affirmation, telling them who they were, not who they weren't. And I said, God, I said, what am I feeling right now? And then the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, Craig, this is what heaven feels like. This is what you're feeling is heaven. He said, because, see, these kids don't struggle with the same things that typical people like you struggle with. They don't struggle with pride. They don't struggle with jealousy the same way. See, my glory is unblocked to them. It can flow right down them. He says, you're experiencing my glory like you would experience it in heaven. I literally fell to my knees because I knew I was in the presence of Almighty God. Experiencing what love felt like in heaven here on earth. You see, that's the power when we begin to speak words like this Connor, you're amazing. I know you don't feel amazing, but you're amazing. Connor, you're brilliant. Connor, you're awesome. Connor, you're strong. Connor, you're talented. Connor, you're free. Connor, You are fabulous. (laughs) You see, when you begin to speak those words people that view your kids as deficient, you speak them enough and let me tell you something, they're going to feel awkward to look at your kid that way or speak that way over them because you are speaking what God says about them. And what happens there? Heaven begins to come down in that situation. The glory of God begins to shine because let me tell you something, heaven isn't speaking over your child. They're deficient. They're not up in heaven going, your child can't do anything. Your child is deficient. Your child is lessened. Heaven's going your child is talented your child is fabulous they can do great things they can change the world the question is is that when we get in agreement with heaven when we get in agreement with god that's when the power of god begin to move within these kids lives that's where the power happens you see you've got to keep your flaws in perspective it's okay to see where you want to improve and where you want your child to improve, but make sure you appreciate their progress and speak who they are, not who they aren't. Amen? I want to give you an idea of what I'm talking about. I want you to hear two, see two videos if we can, if we can put them up. The first one, I think, is of Christopher. And I don't really have to explain it because it's going to be explained in the video, but Christopher had all the odds against him. You'll hear me explain in the video that he uh, was not supposed to live past two years of age. Uh, if he did live, he would have chronic uh, pain all of his life. Um, he was not supposed to speak. Uh, I mean, You can just go on down the line. And the re, what you're going to see right here is what we put in, our, in front of our church all the time, because we want to change our church's perspective, not only bring awareness, but show them the power of God working within these kids. And this is a great example of when all the odds are against you, but God. <laughs> And this, little, this mother who just kept on speaking these things, you know where she learned those things? She learned those things at church. She learned those things coming at Champions Club. She learned those things to speak over Christopher because she didn't feel like it all the time. I want you to watch this video. Hopefully we can get that. It didn't start overnight. Start started with a mom who had a son with all the odds against him. In his teens, she lost her partner her husband who died of a heart attack. And she had to raise this son and work hard and this is, is, I can't tell you how many stories I hear of single moms raising their special needs children. How many single moms who have a special needs child are here today? Heroes. Heroes. Come on. Give them a hand. You're amazing. You're amazing. But you can see the power of when you begin to speak those words of faith those words of victory. Those words of what God speaks about them. How it can change a situation. And you see, I can tell you this because I've watched it happen with my son. You see, my son has touched millions of people around the world. I honestly would have never thought of it in the beginning. But it was those words of faith. It was never giving up. It was those times where I felt like, man, this is overwhelming, but I begin to go back to what God said about my son. And I began to speak scriptures over his life. I attacked it just like I would attack fear or anything else. I began to attack those things because I knew that the enemy ever began to get control of what he wanted to speak over my child. If he ever won I'd be victimized by it. But if God won, I'd be a victor over it. And I began to keep on speaking those things. And pretty soon what began to happen was at Lakewood is God not only used my son, but he began to use hundreds of kids, hundreds of teens, hundreds of adults like Christopher. Shoot, they didn't even give him a chance to, he was going to be blind. He could, couldn't speak all And he ends up getting his high school diploma. I mean, unbelievable. And he got a job. He got a job at a grocery store. Just Amazing. And what we're seeing, some of the breakthroughs take place in America. See, we brought, the, we brought the businesses to Lakewood. And they hired 250 special needs teens and adults during that weekend. They hired them. And they're doing awesome work. You see, it's what you speak over your child. It's not just how you care for them. It's what you speak over them day in, day out. And you say, you say, Craig, you know, what if it's, what if it's not getting their high school diploma or or if it's not something big? Celebrate everything. Celebrate everything. I look at anything, I celebrate it every time. And I promise you, if you'll do that, you'll take your child to another level. You'll see God use your child and you will tell the devil he has No control over your child's destiny. Only God does. Thank you so much. God bless you today. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.